Welcome to Rack Talks, a podcast dedicated to the latest trends from the world of rack tech, fintech, and financial regulations. My name is Klaus Christensen, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning rack tech provider, Know Your Customer. Today, it's my great pleasure to welcome Dr. Sean Lewin as my guest. Sean is co-founder at UK-based RagTech Associates, a recognized expert and influencer in RagTech and financial regulation. Sean has more than 20 years of experience in helping large financial institutions such as JP Morgan, UBS, and RBS build their regulatory strength in response to regulatory requirements. Prior to RagTech Associates, Sean was awarded a PhD from the London School of Economics for his systemic research on the challenges faced by banks following the 2008 financial crisis. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Klaus. It's good to be here. We have seen from your short intro how much of your journey has focused on the world of RegTech already. For people like us that work on brief regulatory technology every day, it might be hard to remember this, but the concept is only a few years old. Just out of curiosity, our producer Maggie Maspero recently checked on Google Trends to see when RagTech started to be more popular as a term. And it's really only around mid-2017 that you can see the number of searches to increase sharply. Do you remember when you first encountered RagTech as a term? How has your perception and understanding of this technology changed between then and now? Well, I absolutely concur with the 2017 date because that's when I first encountered the term regtech and it, it sticks very clearly in my mind because I'd just come out of the world of academia completing my PhD and I was looking around in the market, see what the trends were, what was going on in terms of regulation and I encountered this word regtech. But actually, I think my take on that is that RegTech is a label for something that was there already. So I think if we think about, you know, regulation and particularly the introduction of some of the, the Basel regulations in the early 2000s, that drove a huge amount of technology change to do all of the calculations and, and reporting. And there was a lot of, you know, vendor supplied technology in use then, but it, was, it just wasn't labeled RegTech. But I think now, retrospectively, we would probably apply that. I also think that some vendors that we consider RegTech, some products we consider RegTech are actually really very old. So if you think, you know, someone like Thomson Reuters, they have RegTech solutions, but, you know, they were founded a very long time ago. So I think as with all things, it's a really useful label in it to enable us to talk sensibly about maybe more innovative technology that supports regulated firms meeting their obligations. But, you know, and when, and when I encountered it in 2017, I think one of my biggest revelations was that at last there was technology to solve a lot of the problems that we'd been trying to deal with manually. I encountered it with optimism and enthusiasm, clearly, because that's where my career is now. I'm always intrigued by other companies' origin stories. Can you tell us what made you and your co-founder decide to create Ragtag Associates? What gap did you identify in the market and wanted to fill? I also love origin stories. I don't think ours is as, as exciting as some, but um, I met Jason, Jason Bowd, CEO, my co-founder at Ragtag Associates in 2017 when I was really exploring the world of Ragtag. And I think one of the things that we realized was that there was a lack of clarity about the market itself, but also about the problems that RegTech was trying to solve. And 
you know we often use the phrase there is a lot of a lot of solutions looking for a problem and there is a bit of a mismatch between the potential buyers and the and the vendors of the solutions and how could we bring some clarity to that but also close that gap between the buyers and the and the sellers and so one of the first things we did was actually well, what does this market look like what is regtech beneath that that label what really are the applications of technology what are the problems they are trying to solve so we we researched you know the the vendors that we could that we could find in regtech and we started to categorize them according to their types of obligations and i think the our first iteration of our kind of regtech directory had something like 250 products in it and we developed a a fairly simple taxonomy just splitting those vendors up into different different areas so that was that was kind of the genesis just really trying to bring clarity to the market. But then, you know, how do you close that gap between the buyers and the sellers? You need to understand both sides of the market. You need to understand what the pressures are, what the demands are from financial institutions and other regulated firms. And then you need to work with vendors to make sure that they understand those problems, that they're designing technology that fits the problem rather than the other way around. So we do a lot of awareness sessions and events and focusing on different topics and the, and the company's really evolved now into being a very research focused company. We're also doing more and more research for public sector entities who want to understand reg tech as an industry. So I'd cite the work that we did with the City of London Corporation earlier this year. We launched a report about the, the UK reg tech market and how we could break down some of those barriers to adoptions. But as with all kind of startups, the focus has evolved slightly. I think we're really now in a position where we've found our feet and we're just really lucky to work with so many innovative, brilliant founders and, and companies who are really trying to do the right thing in terms of helping regulated firms meet their compliance obligations. When we last met, I heard a bit about that report. And for me, it was interesting to hear that it seems to be quite a struggle for the buyer side, for the financial industry to find a fitting rag tech company. Why is that? What is the problem there, really? I would say it's probably down to three things. I think the first thing is the size of the market. So know your customers, obviously, in the financial crime kind of segment of the market. And there are, I think, over 400 different solutions that we identify as financial crime. So I'm sitting in a financial services company. How do I know which ID and verification company vendor solution is best for me? How do I know which transaction monitoring solution is best for me? And there's, you know, 20 different ones that I could choose from. We've recognized that's a problem. So we, we've launched a, a digital platform where you can go to. It's called Radar, where you can go to and understand all of the products in a particular segment of the market. And we provide a lot of data around those in terms of who their typical customers are and what types of regulations they're trying to fix. Because I think we view the market slightly differently to somebody like Gartner or Forrester who are always about who's best. And I think in this industry, it's about who's best to solve the particular problem that you have. So we're not going to sit there and make some kind of qualitative, subjective judgment. So it's about understanding what the solutions are. And then it's really, for a financial institution, it's really sometimes one of the biggest barriers isn't, you know, understanding the technology or the vendors that are out there. It's making the business case internally for the need to invest in, in compliance technology. 
And that can sometimes be difficult because compliance is often seen as a, you know, a drain on the bottom line. It's a tick box. It's something you have to do. I think that attitude is absolutely shifting, but there needs to be some more encouragement that actually it's not just about efficiency and cost gains. It's actually about effectiveness and just doing these things better, which will reduce your risk in the longer term. And then I think the third reason why it's difficult is a lot of the vendors are actually smaller, less tried and tested companies. And I think we've made the, put the quote in the report that no one gets fired for buying IBM or Oracle. And so there is a risk associated working with smaller companies. So many of the recommendations that we put in that report are about how we can mitigate some of those risks and, and enable this I hesitate to use the word experimentation because you don't really want to be experimenting with compliance, but just this broader acceptance that some of these newer solutions will do a better job. Very interesting. From our own perspective, I think I can add a, a fourth point, and that would be the different viewpoints between a kind of startup tech company and an established uh, large financial institutions. There is not even a common language oftentimes, and that needs to be bridged. And uh, I'd say services like yours would bridge that very well. And that is why it's so valuable. You mentioned efficiency. In your view, where does RegTech have the biggest impact on the efficiency and effectiveness of compliance teams? I think it's about automating things that are currently being done manually you know that sounds very trite but actually a lot of what compliance officers compliance analysts are doing is is very manual work moving data from one system to another system exposes financial institutions to errors and it also i think can be quite demotivating for those people doing that that work because they want to get to the end result they want to get to do the interesting analysis or the understanding what what it means rather than going through all of those manual steps so i think that's that's one thing and i think the other thing is we're just drowning in data and there's so much data whether it's transaction data or customer data or regulatory changes or regulatory reporting data that actually it's beyond the human brain to, to deal with all of that data. You need some help to get that data to the point where actually it's not data, it's information. So I think those two things, I would say, is where RegTech can really help. But then I think, you know, you can start looking at more sophisticated uses of RegTech. There's a huge opportunity for things like predictive analytics and um, behavioral analytics, particularly in financial crime area. But you need to have those other fundamentals in place, I think, before you can do some of those more exciting things. Absolutely. I'm always amazed by the sheer number of RegTech companies. You mentioned that as well. What is your advice to financial institutions looking to make sense of that huge space and what can vendors do to actively differentiate themselves in this increasingly busy space? That's a really good question. So just to put some perspective on that, there's 1,300 products in total in our radar platform. And I mean, that covers a huge variety of compliance problems. And anyone who works in a regulated firm understands that regulation more and more is penetrating many different areas of, of activity and not just in financial services, you know, data privacy, cybersecurity, all of those regulations apply across all industries. Trying to make sense of that, I think, is it comes back to really knowing what your problem is that you're trying to solve. So what we've tried to do with our taxonomy is break those 400 financial crime products 
down into recognizable subcategories like identity and verification and transaction monitoring and then end-to-end platform solutions. It's often not an easy thing to do because, and I think this is where vendors can maybe help themselves a little bit more. When you start looking at websites and marketing material, vendors like to say they do everything and they can't possibly do everything. So I think being really clear about what it is you can do and you can't do. So an example would be an identity verification solution that says it's for full customer onboarding. It's really not. It's not the workflow. It's not all all the gathering of data. It's that idea verification check, which is really, really important. But don't say you're a customer onboarding solution. Because I think that being really clear about what you do helps financial institutions to make those decisions. But I think more importantly, it's about developing a sense of trust within the industry. So if you're putting out there that you can do all of these things and you can't actually do them, the buyers aren't going to start losing trust in those solutions and they'll, they'll get you on board to do a proof of concept and they'll find out actually you can't do all the things that you said you could do or that they're on your roadmap or you might do that in the future. And that doesn't help break down those barriers to adoption for smaller companies. So I think just that level of integrity and honesty about what you can do, I think is really important. And, you know, if you are in a crowded segment of the market, differentiating yourself can be really tough. And what we see quite a lot of companies do is talking about their technology as a differentiator. That's brilliant for technology buyers. But actually, as a business buyer, what I want to know is how well your solution works and how it can improve what I'm currently doing. Benefits versus features. Exactly. So those are my bits of advice. Very good advice. When we're looking at the 1,300 or 400 respectively in the sub uh, part of that uh, space, I remember in a different setting, someone on the panel said, I wish we could clean up this and consolidate it in three or four big ones. And we just decide between LexisNexis and Dow Jones and Thomson Reuters. I don't have to actually make all these decisions anymore. Is it likely that we will see some more consolidation very soon? Yeah, I think there, there will be some some market consolidation. I think there will be some more some more mergers, some more acquisitions. So LexisNexis recently bought True Narrative, for example. We are starting to see some of the bigger players snap up some of the smaller ones. But I think the other trend that we're seeing is this growth in partnerships between some of the players. So if you've got five-point solutions that are all doing something slightly different, can they come together and create a joint offering to go to market. So I think that's another alternative to that. But I think the longevity of having such a crowded marketplace probably isn't tenable in the longer term. And I think the commercial opportunities are there as well. So I think we will start seeing some more consolidation. In the past few years, we have seen the UK establish itself as an incredibly vibrant market for RegTech, certainly due to the sheer size of financial sector, but also thanks to specific initiatives by financial regulators. Before the summer, you published this research report commissioned by the City of London on the opportunities and challenges of RegTech in the UK. Can you share with us some of the most unexpected findings you uncovered with your research? I think one of the unexpected findings was really the impact of COVID. I think we thought it would probably have a bigger impact than it did on demand for sales and those sorts of things. So I think for me, that was a really 
really interesting finding that that the coronavirus pandemic boosted demand in the short term, but it was much more unpredictable about how how that would play out over the longer term. I think one of the other striking findings is that not all parts of the reg tech market are equal and experiencing the same market conditions. So I would hold financial crime up as being probably one of the most buoyant segments. But something like regulation and compliance management was struggling a lot more. And I think if you started to dig in why some of those variations appear, it's to do with being able to make that business case, the pressing need for that technology. And it's much easier to make a business case for financial crime, given the size of the penalties and the scale of the problem, than it is for using technology to help manage your regulatory changes and your ongoing compliance obligations, despite the fact that those are very thorny and difficult problems to solve. So I think that nuance between the different segments of the of the market was really interesting to us. And I think the, the third unexpected finding was we were deliberately testing the hypothesis that that regulation itself was a barrier to adopting reg tech. The regulatory framework itself isn't a barrier, but what was really clear from our discussions, not only with vendors, but also with regulated firms, is that the supervisory arms of the regulators just aren't really asking questions about reg tech in their day-to-day supervisory conversations You know, they're not raising the issue of how are you going to be compliant more efficiently and effectively with the use of technology. Now, you know, there is this this idea of technology neutrality in the regulators, and that's absolutely fine. They can't. It's not right for the regulators to tell financial institutions that they should be using artificial intelligence to run their transaction monitoring systems. But it is absolutely within their gift to identify that there's a lot more risk involved in managing regulation and compliance manually using Excel than there is using more innovative technology. So I think there's probably still some room there for the regulators to be a little bit more technology embracing in some of those conversations. And clearly they can't endorse particular vendors, particular types of technology, but they can ask those questions about, are you investing in technology to help better meet your regulatory obligations? I would certainly agree. I think the mistake that's still being made is to classify the pencil as an alternative technology. It isn't. I would agree that there is probably less scope for a regulator to pick specific technologies. They are not the right people to do that, but uh, the use of technology should at least be encouraged. And also the supervisory authorities should check on that. Uh, We have seen that actually happening in Asia more. Both in Hong Kong and Singapore, the regulators there are more active and uh, have a dedicated program for the increased use of RegTech in their financial services sectors. And they do check on that. They have a program where they have quarterly checkups on their authorized institutions and see where they are with their RegTech integration. In the UK, the Financial Conduct Authority and their innovation teams have been really world leading in in their exploration of technology, in their in their tech sprints, in setting up the GFIN. I just don't think that's necessarily translating through to the rest of the organisation, maybe in the same way as it is in, in Asia. Right. I have one last question, actually. This is one I ask all my guests. If tomorrow you woke up and somehow you had become the global financial regulator, what would be one of the first things you'd do and, of course, why? Oh, that's a really good question. What would I do? I think I would make sure that all of my rules were 
produced in a standardized format that could at least be machine readable and that would cut out a huge amount of interpretation and um, manual processes and particularly around managing regulatory change all of everything would be standardized so it'd just be much easier to consume a very very interesting idea Sean, thank you so much for doing this today with us. I learned a ton and it was really interesting. Thank you. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Lovely to chat with you, Klaus. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rec Talks. My name is Klaus Christensen and I'm the CEO and co-founder of award-winning RecTech provider, Know Your Customer. If you liked the episode, please subscribe to the whole series and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us, suggest a guest or a topic for an upcoming episode, please send us a message at info at knowyourcustomer.com or visit knowyourcustomer.com slash rectalks.